All right. Good afternoon. <laughs> so we do get to explore Acts 19 um, together. And it was interesting, um, Hitomi's message used this word extraordinary. And she spoke about the extraordinary community um, that God was creating. Um, and the main key verses that kind of jumped out of Acts 19, um, use this same word. Um, and so we get to see the extraordinary acts that um, Paul is doing in this chapter um, in the physical world around him. Um, and so I'll just read that. It's Acts 19, 11 through 12. Um, and it says, And God was doing extraordinary miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons that had touched his skin were carried away to the sick, and their diseases left them, and the evil spirits came out of them. Um, so this is like pretty wild and um, a pretty extraordinary passage um, and kind of led me to focus on this piece and um, the good news that comes with that. Um, I felt the Holy Spirit speaking to say that the Holy Spirit is sending God's healing power into creation in real and tangible experiences of physical touch and presence um, that we see in this passage. Um, and actually, a few years ago, I was um, having a conversation, a part of a conversation, and um, my friend was speaking about like some maybe different rationale or reasoning um, about why we would need to go to the doctor at certain times, um, kind of related to religion and spirituality and um, healing type things. Um, and she said, well, like if you break your physical leg and you have like a broken bone, then in a way your leg and your bone um, doesn't really know who God is and who Jesus is. So you go and you kind of take care of that aspect of what needs to be healed. Um, kind of this like separation of those two pieces. Um, and for some reason... Like right then in my brain and um, even now, even this is a few years ago, um, my first response was like, what if like our actual bone and like those muscles and all that really does know Jesus and really does know who the creator was? Um, and it just kind of has swirled in my mind for a long time. And it's kind of, it's a separate piece than um, like why you should go to the doctor and healing, and that's a whole separate thing. So just put a pin in that, and we can talk about that later. But it just kind of opens this question about this interconnectedness of our actual physical world that we have here that God designed and created um, and his spirituality and his spirit. Um, and so some of this interconnectedness um, seems to show up in Acts 19. 
And so Paul has come to Ephesus, and he's greeting some new disciples, and right away he finds out that they're kind of living under um, the promises of John the Baptist, and so that's where they are kind of living out of their ministry from. And so Paul, right away, we see these acts of um, in the physical world that is his response. So he goes and he um, baptizes these disciples in water. And then he lays his hands on them and prays over them for the spirit to come. And so even these aspects are not, he's not necessarily, well, he probably was speaking with them, but he's also doing these physical, real-world actions with them um, that brings about this transformation. And so they are baptized in water, um, and this water covers their whole body, covers their skin, covers their hair, covers their head, um, and they come out. They're participating with their bodies in this action. Um, And then Paul comes and he takes his physical hands and he places them on the disciples as well. And he prays over them, and the Holy Spirit comes and fills their whole body. And there's this mystery, I think, about Paul using his hands um, and touching these disciples that brings about um, this spiritual transformation. Um, And then, like the passage that we started with, then Paul is also doing these other kind of extraordinary things um, that he, even people are taking his actual, like, clothes and carrying them to people who are sick and who are possessed, and they are um, healed, even by touching, like, the robes that have touched Paul. And so it's this... um, incredible supernatural thing that is taking place. Um, And even like when I think about the cloth or the clothes, it's not something that we could say could like profess um, Jesus as Lord as humans can, but there was some transfer of God's power um, in this situation um, that's pretty extraordinary. Um, and so I think, where is Paul getting this power from? And so um, we kind of go back a few chapters and think about Paul's transformation story is also very, very rooted in the physical world and his senses. Um, And so his body and his spirit has already been transformed before he even is here in Ephesus. Um, So we think about he is on this road and he is blinded by a light. Um, And so right away his senses are involved. Um, And then God is speaking to him. So his eyes are involved, his ears are involved, and then we know even his entire sense of sight into the world around him gets wiped out. Um, So he is 
blind for three days, um, and then he is taken to Ananias, who then continues to follow this um, instruction, who he lays his hands on Paul, um, and scales fall from Paul's eyes during this encounter. And so I'm just thinking about this interconnection here and just wondering, um, we know that Paul's spirit and his soul were transformed um, by the actions that he took after this, that he treated people differently and um, like his whole life took a different trajectory. Um, And I wonder even about um, like his physical body, um, if that was even somewhat transformed as well, that he was blinded, that even like the structures of his body seemingly had to change for those three days, um, that he wasn't seeing things around them, um, but and then his sight is restored, and he kind of lives into um, this totally new vision and um, new way of life, and so there's this connection here that um, Paul's spirit is now, I was thinking of the word like tethered to God's power, um, that he has had this own experience in his life um, and be been physically transformed and spiritually transformed, and now he has um, this tether between him and um, the power of God that wasn't there before. Um, And so now he is kind of living this out in the different places that he goes to um, in different cities. Um, And I think it's also interesting in Acts 19 um, that there's another account um, that follows this Um, these extraordinary miracles that are taking place um, that we also see this account right after this um, of the sons of Sceva. Um, And so they are um, these different Jewish exorcists who are traveling around in, um, I think, different cities they go to um, to cast out demons um, of those who are possessed. Um, and I guess I'll just read it. I guess I wanted to stand. I didn't want to actually sit. Um, but so it says in verse 13, it says, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists undertook to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who had evil spirits saying, I adjure you by the Jesus whom Paul proclaims. Seven sons of a Jewish high priest named Sceva were doing this. But the evil spirit answered them, Jesus I know, and Paul I recognize, but who are you? And the man in whom was the evil spirit leaped on them, mastered all of them, and overpowered them, so that they fled out of the house naked and wounded. Um, That's pretty intense also. (laughs) Um, And so I think this is in like deep contrast to what we see and the power that we see that Paul is using. Um, and But they probably, they've heard about Paul. Um, they've obviously heard about Jesus. And so they are trying to 
um, invoke, it says, and trying to kind of tap in and have access to this power without first being grounded and experiencing it themselves. And so they're calling on the name of Jesus, um, but they haven't had that same transformation story. They haven't experienced it, uh, maybe in their bodies or in their flesh, um, the way that Paul has. Um, and it doesn't go very well for them. And their physical bodies here are overpowered. Um, they're exposed to the world and they're wounded um, because they're their tether um, to the Holy Spirit is not there, and it's not, they're trying to use um, this power that um, they haven't kind of realized and experienced in their own life first. Um, and so, um, one thing I was kind of thinking about all this and um, some like thoughts came about um, like our life and our real world um, experience of God's design um, in our physical world. Um, and I think and believe that this um, connection that God wants to have with us, this actual real world um, physical connection with us that we experience like with our bodies and even on our skin and in our hearts, um, he, this is part of his DNA. This is what he like created and put into creation and into humanity. Um, and I have seen that um, in motherhood a lot this past year. Um, so I've had my third baby um, this year in January. She arrived, um, little baby Mercy. And um, something that was pretty different, though, unlike my first two children, um, this baby arrived in some pretty deep... Um, uncertainty, I would say, in our family and where we would maybe live and what even would happen with the structure um, of our family. And um, I realized after kind of a couple months of her being here was that I think because of that, something was different in how I saw her and um, bonded with her, that there was something that was off and, um, I don't want to say broken, but fractured or strained um, that I hadn't experienced before. Um, and it almost felt like somebody had given me a baby. And a lot of times I felt like, oh, I'm caring for this little person, and I kind of, by the grace of God, know the rhythms that we should be in because of my other two, um, but there was something different there that um, she wasn't fully part of our little family. There was something in my brain, um, but there were these very specific moments of um, Mercy and I together that began to bring healing to this experience that we were having. Um, and they were from 
connection and physical touch between her and I and our presence together. Um, And Dave and I have had fun times trying to put her to bed at night, and she's a little bit spicy, and so sometimes we would have her just in there, and she would be really, really upset, Um, and so after a little while, I'd come in, and she could be screaming the most that she would be screaming, (laughs) which is a lot, and I would come, and she would be in her bed, and I would put just my nose right on her nose, and right away, her whole body would stop, and she would be at peace, and she was kind of giving me this information, and I would even, okay, she'd close her eyes, and I'm like, okay, how far away can I get? I have this little dance with her, and immediately, like when my nose would come off of her cheek or her nose, she would look around, and she's like, oh my gosh, I know you're not there anymore, Mom. And uh, and so I would come back and I put my nose right back on her face. And she would, this whole complete like stillness of her body would take place. Um, not because of what I was saying to her, or but because we were touching each other and we were near each other, and there was this presence um, together, and like her almost sending me this message of God, this connection of like, I'm part of your family. We're here. We're doing this um, together. You're my person. I'm your person, um, and just really began to shift um, kind of this bond and this connection that I needed to have with her, Um, and When I think about it, there wasn't like there weren't enough times that I would could say to myself, like, oh yeah, of course, she's part of our family and she's my third little child. Um, Like telling myself, it had to be um, this actual physical experience with her um, to create this connection that like my skin to her skin um, and our touch and presence together um, is what helped to shift and um, just create this connection and this relationship. Um, And so I really believe um, that we are right now, loved by a God um, who is bringing his healing presence and touch into our world in as real a way as I experienced it with mercy. Um, That our actual bodies, um, even our skin, maybe our heartbeat, um, these different aspects of our world that sometimes get maybe separated from um, spirituality, but that that's where, in a very real and profound way, um, that the Holy Spirit wants to meet us. Um, And then out of this connection and this true real life experience um, with the Holy Spirit is where God is asking us then to move forward. Um, Like we saw with Paul, that his body and his spirit was transformed, and then that is what he lives out of as well. 
Um, and so I had a couple just pondering questions um, for us to think of and kind of reflect on today. Um, the first one being, like, how do you experience the Holy Spirit? Um, and are there times that you can remember or think of where your actual body and your senses have been involved? That it's um, maybe not as much that you're thinking about the Holy Spirit or aspects of the Holy Spirit, um, but that you can even feel the Holy Spirit. Um, and we're going to come back to this in just a second, so we're not just thinking about it. Um, but so then the second one is kind of living out of this um, connection to God's power. And so it's where does the Spirit's presence and touch take your imagination? Um, so this isn't like when we see Acts 19, um, it's not necessarily like this template or this instruction manual um, that we are um, specifically just recreating. Um, but I think it can open up our imagination to what extraordinary things um, that are possible with the Holy Spirit's power. Um, and so we see that with... Um, this cloth, I keep coming back to the cloth, but that this cloth is taken to um, different people and their bodies are healed. Um, evil spirits are cast out of them. And I think a lot of times I would say, oh, that's like pretty wild and extraordinary and um, something that I wouldn't maybe expect or have an imagination for. Um, and so I think that this can um, just begin to peak our imagination to see um, what is possible when the Holy Spirit's power meets our actual physical world here um, today. Um, and so what I wanted us to do just for maybe a minute or so um, is to close our eyes and to just have you think of... Um, feelings and sensation that you have right now um, with our bodies. And so you might hear some things, um, and you might be feeling something if you're sitting. Um, you might feel the chair underneath you, or you might feel the floor underneath your feet, um, and so this is our bodies interacting in um, the world that we live in. Um, and I believe and um, feel like the Holy Spirit um, can be this real as things that you feel and hear right now. And that um, God is wanting that kind of intimate and real connection with us, um, that he sent his Holy Spirit um, to be here with us in our physical world. Um, and so even as something as real as you're feeling um, or hearing or um, noticing about um, yourself and this place, 
um, is the real, tangible experience also that the Holy Spirit um, wants to bring into our own lives. So, that is our good news for today. Um, And so I'll just pray, and um, we'll continue to um, worship our Creator. Um, Father God, I just, I thank you for um, your realness and your presence here even on earth, um, and that this connection um, to your power um, is not something that we have to wait for. It's not something that we have to experience in um, the afterlife, but you have promised um, to give your spirit to us now, um, and that we can experience Um, your power and your presence, um, even in a very real and tangible way um, here on earth. And Lord, I just pray that our imaginations are open. My imagination is open to what um, you have for us and what you are calling us into, um, and maybe things that feel... um, uncertain or foreign, um, but that you are faithful to um, provide your healing touch to us, um, that we can um, extend this same healing touch to the world around us. In your name we pray. Amen.